Well, good morning and welcome to worship here at Nobles First, Noblesville First. I am just perhaps responding to that resounding call to awaken our hearts this morning. And we're grateful that God has awakened you to be in worship with us today. We especially want to welcome those who may be with us for the very first time. We are so glad you are here. We are doing cartwheels in the parking lot. You just can't see us. Uh, But we do want you to see the very special gift that we have for you at our welcome desk right outside of our worship space. So please stop by there this morning. We want you to know ways that you can grow in your faith right here at Noblesville First. And if you've been here many times before and you're back again, we want to welcome you as well and invite you to register your attendance on our website. When you register your attendance, we can also share with you ways that you can grow in your faith, as well as have a a list of those who may not be with us so that we can continue to provide care and support throughout the week. So now I invite you to stand as you are able and share in our call to worship this morning. Here, God speaks to us words of challenge and comfort. Here, Jesus stands among us, calling us to acts of mercy. Even now, the Holy Spirit is moving in our midst, filling us with hope and inspiring us to faithfulness. Let us worship God, ever three and ever one. Let us praise God's holy name together. At this time, I invite you to share in our opening hymn of worship, Come Thou Almighty King. invite you now to share a sign of the Lord's peace with someone around you.
Please join together in a call to prayer. Creating God, beauty and harmony mark your creation. As the seasons change, we see you are still at work in the world. You offer us new possibilities every day, so we place our trust in your redeeming power. Renew us this autumn and open our eyes to new opportunities. To reach out in Jesus' name, make us participants in your work, bringing light and love to your creation. Amen. Now please join for a moment of silent prayer and take to God what's on your heart. And I'll follow with a pastoral prayer, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Gracious Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, and by most Holy Spirit, how can we help you harvest, Father, here on earth, when some of us can't even find our seeds to plant, let alone harvest any crops? Show us what we can sow, God, so we can reap your love by sharing our time, our mutual respect, our hands and feet, a caring spirit, and our prayers, especially for those with upcoming surgeries or other medical issues, Lord, those that are physically hungry, spiritually starved, or emotionally drained. We are all in need of your healing, gracious Lord. Please keep us from doubting our abilities to join in ministries, Jesus and trust that you will guide us on the right path according to your plan. Help us to be a church, not where much is done by a few, but a church where each of us does something. We all have something to give, and we need each other. Plant passion into our hearts by serving you above all else, God. Please send out many workers to harvest and make your church grow bigger, better, and together. We thank you for these opportunities to cultivate your kingdom so your garden of glory will flourish. This garden, our garden, the one we call Noblesville First. And we thank you, Lord, for the prayer that you taught us long ago that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.
We're grateful this morning for our chancel ringers who ushered in a spirit of beauty and contemplative worship. And speaking of contemplation, if you would like space and time to connect with God after worship through prayer this morning, we want to invite you to go into our Whitcomb Chapel right outside of our worship space closest to uh, door one. Uh, There you can spend time in God's presence praying and also praying with a pastor if you would like. So please make your way to Whitcomb Chapel after service today if some more time in prayer is something that you need. I also want to share with you a couple of other announcements coming up this week at Noblesville First. How many of you all like to move? There are five of you. God bless you. Well, to you five, uh, there is our Faith Moves class uh, that will be every Wednesday from 9.15 to 10.15. What's really great about this class is that it's free. Some of us have Pelotons we are still paying for. I don't know who I'm talking about, maybe me. And we just put our clothes on them at this point. But this is free, and not only will you grow in your physical strength, but in your spiritual strength as well. So we hope you'll join us Wednesdays from 9.15 to 10.15. Uh, We also invite you to keep it moving in our Stepping Up to Help fundraiser. Pastor Jill shared with you a couple weeks ago that she's got some cowboy boots. Hopefully you may have some too. And if you don't, you are like me and still welcome. Uh, So join us on Tuesday, September 27th. All of the proceeds will help to continue the great work of our United Women in Faith. Uh, Continuing in serving but also in learning is something that we hope every disciple will do here at Noblesville First. And so we want you to join us for our The Big Picture, Seeing God's Dream for Your Life Bible Study that kicks off October 6th. It is also our sermon series for the month of October. Yours truly will be teaching the class on Thursdays at 7, and Carol Miller will be teaching on Mondays at 9.30, beginning October 10th. You can register on our website as well as pick up your book in the office or order one online. I also want to share with you uh, that our altar flowers were donated this morning in celebration of Tony and Linda Roberts' 55th wedding anniversary. Can you join me in celebrating them this morning? That is truly something to celebrate and all of the amazing things that are happening here at Noblesville First. But we have to remember that none of these things could happen without your generosity. And so we invite you to give today. And you can do that in a couple of different ways. You can give online. You can also give as our uh, ushers come forward. And if you choose, you can also mail your gift right here to the church. However you choose to give, know that it helps us live into our mission of making disciples for the transformation of the world. So now let us worship through giving. Amen.
be seated. I invite you to join me in our prayer for understanding. Grant us your spirit of wisdom, O God, so that we may hear your word with ears that understand and with hearts that are moved to love. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Jesus traveled among all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were troubled and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The size of the harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for his harvest. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, this picture was taken two years ago on a beautiful spring day when Xavier and I ventured outside. I rolled my eyes when I saw that our backyard was covered in those annoying dandelion flowers, right? I thought, oh my gosh, this will be fun to mow later. But not Xavier. He took one look at that backyard full of dandelions. He ran out there and he said, look, mommy, there are so many wish flowers, I just can't handle it. And we proceeded to spend the next hour, hour and a half, making wishes from our dandelion wish flowers and watching them blow away in the wind. The lessons that we learn from our kids. That sometimes we look out and we will see annoyances and obstacles where our children might see opportunities for imagination, or even compassion for something as simple as an underappreciated flower. Or some might say, it's a weed. It's a weed. And like Xavier that day, sometimes we look at a situation and we feel overwhelmed, perhaps with joy, but also perhaps with sadness or anger or this overwhelming sense of not knowing where to begin. But we start with one wish flower and another, and then another. And it's a good reminder for all of us. Well, in today's lesson, Jesus presents us with a similar challenge as he looks upon the troubled crowds of people, each person with his or her own world of hurt. He tells his disciples that the size of the harvest or the need is bigger than they can ever imagine. But the problem is, he says, that there are not enough people to work the harvest. There are not enough people willing to jump in and begin to address the enormous need and concern in front of them. So our prayer should be for God to send out workers for the harvest. Now, I can imagine the disciples in that moment feeling a bit called out and overwhelmed. Here they had devoted their lives to following this rabbi, Jesus, and they had just witnessed him heal many, many people of disease, casting out demons, and now he is calling them to do the same? How? Where will they start? And Jesus is calling us to those people, those sick, unwanted, unclean, Cast out weird people? Surely it's okay for Jesus to do that, but us? Well, in this moment, Jesus does in fact give his followers the power and the authority that they need to cast out those demons, to cure disease. And then he sends them out to find the lost sheep of Israel. He does this knowing that they will experience growing pains. He does this knowing that he is pushing them out of their comfortable boxes that they have been in for many years and for perhaps their entire life. Jesus shoves them out into that public with a command to do as he does, 
to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, to cure the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse lepers, and to cast out demons. Now we might ask ourselves today, well, what in the world does that look like now? We must ask what it means to be a harvester and a healer in our world today that is so pluralistic, so multicultural, complex, and modern. Because going into the harvest today is not about trying to make cookie-cutter Christians. Going into the harvest today is not about bringing people into the church. It's about going out into the world. It's not about changing people. It's about engaging people. Well, why is this so hard for us to do? Well, in this post-pandemic church world, and we're still dealing with that a little bit, but we're trying to revive ourselves a bit, it's no secret that many churches are in survival mode or, or maintenance mode. We have a hard time getting into a mission mode. We become too busy taking care of ourselves that we don't think too much about taking care of anyone else. So we don't see. We don't see those who are different who need a place to belong. We don't see the person who struggles with their mental health and needs support and connection. We don't see the person wrestling with addiction who needs healing community. We don't see people in abusive situations who need a listening ear and options for health and safety. We don't see people in poverty or in a different economic class than our own who need a non-judgmental place to connect with God and with others. When we don't see the need, we can't fill it in the name of Jesus. We can't announce the good news of God's kingdom to, to people in need if we cannot see them. They need to hear the good news. But we don't see the people. But Jesus did. Jesus saw the people that day and it made him sick to his stomach. When he saw the crowds, it says, he had compassion for them. But the Greek phrase used there tells us that it's a physical, gut-wrenching reaction to what Jesus was looking at. He saw people as if they were sheep without a shepherd, harassed and helpless. Well, what might that look like? Well, sheep without a shepherd are not quiet. They are making a lot of loud, obnoxious noises. I know you're hearing it now in your head, yes. Sheep without a shepherd are not happy sheep. They're confused and anxious. Sheep without a shepherd are hungry sheep. They need someone to lead them to green pastures and still waters. So, this is the harvest. Lots of odd-looking sheep out there. They don't look alike, think alike, or smell alike. <laughs> but... They are one of us. And they're in some serious hurt. Their souls feel like they have been skinned alive. They're raw and sensitive. They need some good news. And they need to be seen and given hope. Sometimes all that takes is for someone to notice and ask a simple question. Are you okay? This was the case for a man named Don Ritchie otherwise known as the Angel of the Gap. For 50 years, Don lived across the street from Australia's most notorious suicide spot, a rocky cliff at the entrance to the Sydney Harbor called the Gap. And in that time, this man became widely known as a guardian angel who shepherded countless people away from the edge. What some might consider grim, Mr. Ritchie considered a gift. How wonderful, the former life insurance salesman said, to save so many, right? <laughs> How wonderful to sell them life. You can't just sit there and watch them. You've got to try and save them. It's pretty simple. Well, Don and his wife, Moya, earned the Citizen of the Year Award 
back in 2010, as well as the Medal of the Order of Australia, one of the nation's highest civilian honors. It hangs in his home with the words, an angel that walks among us. And while Don has since passed, his legacy remains. All it took was a soft voice saying, are you okay? Why don't you come in and have a cup of tea with me? And when people turned to this stranger, his smile was often their salvation. Now, while Don could not save them all, he saved many by offering compassion. He saved many by helping those who are suicidal think beyond that terrible present moment. He offered compassion and hope. He really saw them. And sometimes that's all it takes. Now we have spent the last few weeks reflecting on the ways that we can plug ourselves into our faith, whether it is through personal growth, with faith in Jesus Christ, or the ways that we can be plugged in to love and serve. We have reflected on what it means to be laborers in a sometimes overwhelming harvest, and finding oftentimes that God has already given us what we need to do the work to which we are called. So today, we are challenged to go out into the fields and be workers for the harvest. And that starts by seeing, opening our eyes to the needs of people, really seeing people as they are, meeting people where they are, and offering compassion and hope. Just as Jesus equipped those disciples with gifts and authority to heal and cast out evil, so we too have an opportunity to go out into our communities and do the same by offering the gifts that we are given. Perhaps you find yourself today looking out at that harvest and you feel really overwhelmed, just as those disciples did long ago. Maybe you feel that you have some growing to do as you prepare to venture out. Or maybe you feel like you are part of that crowd, waiting to be seen or crying out for help. If so, there is good news. You are seen, you are loved, and you are valued. Well, today's Grow and Go Expo is meant to be part of your journey. Whether you are brand new to this whole Christianity thing, this Jesus thing, or this church thing, or whether you have been here for 50 years. You will have a chance to sign up, for example, for a life group, a small group where connection and fellowship and friendships will be nurtured. And also, they have chocolate at their table, so you might want to stop by for that. Perhaps you are new to the congregation and you're curious about how you can get plugged in. So stop by the Connect and Engage table, and at that table, I have a magic eight ball Jesus. He's bright pink. You ask it a question, you flip it over, and you get an answer. Okay? So come check that out. Or you've always wanted to know more <clears throat> about the choir or the praise band or how to help with the sound and video on Sunday mornings. Or maybe you love youth and children and you want to help our next generation and see more youth and families get connected to our church. Or sign up for the Trunk or Treat. They have candy there, too, and a fun photo booth. Or Teeter Farm is something that you want to get involved with, but you're never quite sure where to plug in. Today, you will get a chance to learn more and to sign up for something there. Or maybe you're looking for an opportunity to learn and grow in your faith. So why not sign up to attend Pastor Nicole's Bible study on Monday mornings or Thursday evenings? That will also be available today at the Grow Go Expo. And we hope that you will take advantage of at least one or two opportunities that we are lifting up this morning. And as you leave today, you will receive a seed packet. May this be a reminder for you that we are called to sow seeds of love and kindness. To be a worker in a harvest that is sometimes overwhelming and to be reminded that we are not just to sit there and watch, we are to do something. Start small. 
one wish flower at a time, one act of kindness, one smile, one word of hope, one nod of compassion, one light in a world of darkness. One church in San Diego decided to take an act of vandalism to make a strong statement about who Jesus calls us to be. Let's take a look. There's a statue outside of a church in San Diego, not far from the San Diego Zoo. The statue of Christ. But the hands are missing. They were broken off by vandals many, many years ago. And the church, after much deliberation, decided not to replace the hands and instead put a plaque at the bottom of that statue that simply and powerfully reads, I have no hands but yours. People around us, many, many people around us go to bed every night praying for help, praying for some form of guidance. Maybe they go to bed lonely or angry or afraid, or maybe they're in some kind of a financial burden, or they're struggling with a relationship, or they're struggling with hope or purpose. Mother Teresa said, loneliness is the worst form of poverty. One in six Americans takes some form of psychiatric drug, mostly antidepressants. Every 30 seconds in the United States, someone attempts suicide. Every 12 minutes, someone actually succeeds in committing suicide. 800 million people around the world, one out of every nine, go to bed hungry every night. 1.2 billion people on the planet live on less than $1.25 a day, extreme poverty. And you and I, in some way, in some shape, in some form, are supposed to be the hands for someone in our lives. Maybe that person's in your house, maybe they're in your work. Maybe they're in your neighborhood, in your community. Maybe they're half the world away. I don't know. But that statue is a challenge to you and I. I have no hands but yours. Let us pray. Oh God, we have heard a challenge today to be workers for a sometimes overwhelming harvest. So may we look out and remember that we are called, even though the task seems enormous, but we start small. We know that sometimes we don't know where to start. But one step at a time, we use our hands and feet as we are called to do so. Today, Lord, open our hearts for compassion that we may see people. We may welcome people. We may hear their stories, and may we remember that we too are beloved, and you call us by name. So Lord, today may we go forward to be your hands and feet in this world. May it be so. Amen.
As we prepare to leave this place this morning, I'm grateful for our message, which reminds us that Jesus has no hands except for ours, that we are God's representatives, workers, and disciples in the world. I'm grateful for that message, but also for the messenger, for Pastor Jill, who has been serving, leading our family ministries over the last couple of years, and after some discernment and some prayers and conversation together, will now transition into leading our discipleship ministries. She will be focused on classes and groups and ways that we grow in our faith. She'll also be providing leadership to our care ministries and our communication ministries. So I am so excited uh, about her leadership and about the ways that she will continue to help us to grow and go in our faith. That out there is the first fruits of her leadership. So I want to invite you to bless Pastor Jill as she continues leading our discipleship ministries. If you would, extend your hand towards her as we say a prayer of blessing together. God, we thank you that you have sent Pastor Jill not only to help us in our family ministries, but now to help us grow in our discipleship. We thank you for all of her gifts and graces that will help her to lead us in growing in our faith, in serving our community, and most of all, in transforming the world. Be with her now as she continues to lead, to serve, and most of all, to be your child of God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now we invite you to grow and go in our faith. Join us outside where you will find many ways to plug in. And if you sign up for the trunk or treat, you can take a picture with a sign that says, I like big trunks and I cannot lie. So that alone should make you sign up. Go now in the grace of God, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.